did want to recognize today that we have a new person with us today for the very first time, um, and we will have the privilege of dedicating her next Sunday, um, so please make sure to be back for the dedication of baby Amelia, but I did want to say, Emily, if you want to stand up and just spin around, and baby Amelia Josephine Burns is here with us for the first time. And uh, we're so glad that you all are healthy and here, and I didn't say rested, I said healthy, so you're here, and so we're grateful for that, that you could be here with us, and that baby Amelia is healthy. You know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't just stop and ask if anyone has a testimony this morning of, of how God has provided in the last week, or... Um, just any, any testimony on your heart before, before we turn to the sermon. Glad to be at church today. I don't know if you are, but one, just, just one week away was enough, and now I'm just excited to be here. I, I trust that you all had a great New Year's Eve celebration, New Year's. We spent ours in Pennsylvania. It was cold, there was snow, and it was cold, and... Uh, we were there with Brittany's sister and her family, and her mom was there. And so um, we, you know, we, we watched the football games, obviously, and then we stayed up to, to try to watch the ball drop, but less than half of us made it to the ball drop. And then as soon as it hit midnight, you know, we said, Happy New Year, turned the TV off, and we all went to bed. And, you know, that's, that's basically the epitome of New Year's for me. I mean, I, I have to admit, I don't. New Year's is probably like my least favorite holiday, because if you think about it, I mean, yeah, we get a day off of work, that's nice, Uh, there's football games, yeah, that's nice, but I mean, the peak, the the reason why we're celebrating, you have to stay up till midnight, which is not something I am normally capable of, and then think about what we're celebrating. We're literally celebrating that we all have to buy a new calendar or day planner, and we're celebrating the fact that we're going to write the date wrong for the next three to six months. That's it. <laughs> and we stay up till midnight and celebrate it. And, uh, I mean, I love the Rose Parade and all that stuff, but it's, it's not. It's nothing special. I mean, staying up late's not all that great. But did you know that we had another holiday this week? Um, if you're not familiar with it... I, the, our culture has kind of blurred this whole Christmas season and what it means and all that. Well, in the, have, I'm sure everyone here knows the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. Well, that song actually has a lot of truth in it, in the fact that Christmas is a season that lasts 12 days. So if you didn't know, Christmas actually begins on December 25th, and it lasts all the way till January 5th. It's a 12-day season span right there. And and then, right after, on January 6th, which would have been this Thursday, we had a holiday in the Christian calendar called Epiphany. And if you've never heard of that, say it with me, Epiphany? Yeah, Epiphany. Well, it's a Christian holiday, and, and the word holiday is actually just taken from the words, holy day. Pretty simple, right? So, we had a holy day this week. When I was at Trevecca, I actually had an opportunity to do a whole project on Epiphany. It was a group project. In that group, there was a girl named Brianna Huff that might mean something to you in this place. Uh, But 
Brianna and I and a couple others, we had to gather all this information about Epiphany. So I know a lot of useless things about Epiphany, but... And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this, and nobody's going to think it's funny, especially my wife, but when we did the group project, we, had, we said the word epiphany so many times, we had to write it so many times, that we stopped finishing the word. We would just say epiphany. It wasn't that funny, but I had to tell the story because I would mentioned the group project. But essentially, epiphany is it's a whole day and kind of a season after Christmas that it's all about the realization that, that the baby in the manger is the Messiah that we've been waiting on. It's, it's a whole day to celebrate the fact that Jesus became a human, and because of that, we can know God even better. We can have an epiphany. It's tradition that epiphany is a feast day, which means there might be some fasting before, but then on epiphany, you would just chow when you'd eat special dishes that you wouldn't eat the rest of the year. So, if you did not feast on Thursday, I give you permission today to be your feast day. So, calories don't count. Just eat, 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 and feast to celebrate Epiphany. And I also need to make the the side note that these Christian holidays, they're not a Catholic thing, but they're a Christian thing. And just sometimes we don't talk about them as much, but I can guarantee you on the calendar that we get from the Church of the Nazarene every year, Epiphany's on there, and it's, uh, it's, it's a part of, of who we are in celebrating as Christians. Now, Groundhog Day, while it might be the best holiday of them all, is kind of a ridiculous holiday. But we all recognize it. So if we can recognize Groundhog Day this year, I think we can recognize Epiphany. So again, please feel free to feast today. Epiphany is commemorated by the baptism of Jesus. And that's where we start today with our text. So I'd invite you to turn to Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. Uh, But I'm going to invite you to stay seated this morning because it's just two verses. And then we're going to get into more scripture later. So by the time you stand up, it'll be done. But Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 22. Hear the word of the Lord. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord, and we say, thanks be to God. So, because you're all such good note-takers, I know that you realize that this is exactly where we stopped in Advent. Right before Pastor Juventino preached, I preached the text right before this about John coming and, and saying, hey, we are to prepare the way of the Lord, that there's judgment coming, but there's good news. The fire is not the only option in judgment. He called us to be a people of three things, generosity, humility, And people of integrity. John tells us that he baptizes with water, but one is coming that will baptize the Holy Spirit. And the next text that we get is what we just read Jesus is baptized, the Holy Spirit falls on him like a dove, and an audible voice says, You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Well, if if I could have the kids come forward for just a minute, I want to have a discussion with the kids. And, uh, and Sam, I'm, I'm counting on you, bud. You don't flake out on me here. 
But yeah, come on, Hannah. Come on, Taylor, Sam. Okay. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about baptism. Baptism is kind of an interesting thing, right? Do you guys know anything about baptism? What, what do you know about baptism, Taylor? Okay, you get put down on water. Do you know anything about baptism, Hannah? Yeah, you get baptized by somebody. Well, Sam has been baptized, and so I asked Sam if he would tell us the story of his baptism, and he doesn't remember everything, but I told him that's okay. So, do you want to tell the story, or do you want me to ask questions? Okay, so Sam, were you baptized in a church? Was it like this? No? Okay. Where were you baptized? Outside? Okay. Uh, Was it at a lake or in a pool? In a tub. Where was the tub? Okay, so not in a bathroom. Okay, okay, cool. So do you remember anything about it? Was the water cold? It was cold. Who baptized you? Do you remember? Your pastor? Um, do you remember anything that happened in your baptism? Did you almost slip and fall? Did the people clap? Did, did anything like that happen? No? No? Uh, do you, last night you were telling me a little bit about why you got baptized. What happened the week before? Okay, so you asked your pastor if you could get baptized, and then your pastor said, yes, and then what happened? You got baptized the very next week. Do you know why we do that? Why? Can I give you the easy answer? Just say, Jesus did it. Jesus did it, right. Because, I mean, that's, why else would we do it? Jesus did it, so we should do it, right? He said, follow him, do like he does. Well, what happens in baptism is is that, as Sam said, his pastor baptized him, and in our scripture, Jesus was actually baptized by his cousin, who was named John. And so his, his cousin baptized him, and then he comes up out of the water, and God speaks and says that that's my son, and I'm proud of him. So when we decide to get baptized, we go down in the water, and we come back up, and we're cleansed, and also, God looks at us and says, you are mine. You are a part of me and my family. Um, 
so baptism is a really important thing, uh, but we don't talk about it a lot. So Sam, thank you for talking about baptism. And Taylor said, told me last night, she kind of remembers it, and, and Riley got baptized on the same day, right? Or had she already been baptized? She'd already been baptized? Cool, cool. Well, thank you guys. I'm going to talk about baptism some more. So every time you hear the word, I want your ears to perk up, okay? Thanks. Good job. Thanks, Hannah. <laughs> you know, baptism is uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. Let's remember that baptism is a ritual. It, it's a ritual of cleansing and setting apart. For those that John was baptizing, they were being washed of sin and made clean in the eyes of God, and publicly they were forgiven. But you see, baptism is not about what you've done, but baptism is about what God is doing. I preached a sermon about that about a year ago this time, uh, and we talked a little bit about that. But this leads to the question, why did Jesus need to be baptized? You know, we told the kids, we get baptized because Jesus got baptized, and we follow Jesus Why did Jesus need baptized? If he is the perfect and blameless, spotless lamb, why did he need cleansing? And honestly, Jesus didn't need cleansing. Yet, he steps into the waters anyways. And this is because what we can so easily miss is the part of these last two verses. It's not just the fact that Jesus was being baptized pleased God. It comes to the fact that it is in Jesus' baptism that God directly proclaims Jesus' identity. This is my son. This is to say that in baptism, we are invited into the family. And that's good news. It's a way into the family of God. This is why Luke then immediately gives us the lineage of Jesus. And yes, I'm going to read the lineage of Jesus this morning. Because I think it's important, and I think we so easily skip it every time it comes about. So, Courtney, if you could pull that up. It's right where we left off, Luke chapter 3, verses 23 through 38. I had a professor at Trevecca that had memorized all the genealogy from Matthew, and she could just say it really, really fast. I'm not quite that good, but I do want you to hear all of these names this morning. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it quickly, um, and I challenge you to count how many names I say, and I don't have the right answer. But here we go. Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his work. He was the son of Joseph, son of Heli, son of Methot, son of Levi, son of Melchi, son of Janani, son of Joseph, son of Metathias, son of Amos, son of Nahum, son of Esli, son of Nagai, son of Math, son of Metathias, son of Simeon, son of Josek, son of Jodah, son of Joanna, son of Resha, son of Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, son of Neri, son of Melchi, son of Adai, son of Cossum, son of Elmadam, son of Ur, son of Joshua, son of Eleazar, son of Joram, son of Methat, son of Levi, son of Simeon, son of Judas, son of Joseph, son of Jonam, son of Elikium, son of Malaya, son of Minna, son of Tatha, son of Nathan, son of David, son of Jesse, son of Obed, son of Boaz, son of Selah, son of Nashon, son of Aminadab, son of Admin, son of Arni, Son of Hezron, son of Perez, son of Judah, son of Jacob, son of Isaac, son of Abraham, son of Terah, son of Nor, son of Sarek, son of Ruth, son of Peleg, son of Eber, son of Shelah, son of Canaan, son of Arphaxid, son of Shem, son of Noah, son of Lemek, son of Methuselah, son of Enoch, son of Jared, son of Mahalalel, son of Canaan, son of Enoch, son of Seth, son of Adam, son of God. That's a lot. Last night, we were... uh, 
at our young adult gathering, we got to talking about our families and where they come from and nationalities and things. And I, I don't know much about my own grandfather's family. He died when my dad was young. We don't know much about it. Think about how many generations we just hit. I don't know three generations back in my family, but we have record of all of these names. And what a family. I mean, growing up, I always thought that I had a big family. You see, my grandparents have eight grandchildren, and I thought that was a lot. And so my, my grandparents, they had five daughters, and so then eight grandchildren, and I was like, man, we're a pretty big family. Then, like, we have some second cousins, and so at Thanksgiving sometimes, we'd all be there. The whole family would be there, and we would have, like, 38 people. And I was like, yeah, we are a big family. Well, then I met Brittany. And, you know, I, I met the, the close, close family members, but it wasn't till really that, that we started planning our wedding and thinking about invitations and all that that she started naming her whole family. And I remember vividly what we were in the car in Bowling Green, and she just kept going. And it wasn't second, thirds, and fourths. It was, no, these are aunts, uncles, first cousins. Holy cow. She can name over 50 on each side of her family without getting into second cousins. And so I realized my family wasn't all that big. I just, I couldn't comprehend that. I mean, there, there are some family members in her family that she struggles remembering their names. I can't fathom that. There's only 38 for me to remember. But when we, when we look at this lineage of Jesus, we're reminded just how large this family is that we're a part of and invited into through baptism. I mean, think about some of those names you just heard. Abraham. He's a pretty important dude. Father of many nations, right? Joshua. Think about all that Joshua did in leading the people of God. Amos, Isaac, what a family. Oh, and not to mention where it all originated from, God, creator of all things. I know some of you probably have a negative outlook on family. You've probably had some bad experiences with people that share genetics with you. But let me tell you, today you're invited into a family where our shortcomings don't divide us but rather our shortcomings are what unites us. You see, our leader, he came from dirty old Nazareth. Nothing good comes from there. He spent his limited days on earth with the outcasts and the sinners. He spent time with people like you and with me who were empty and hurting and longing for a Savior. Over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into the life of Christ. We know that he was born of the Virgin and on Christmas, and we know what's going to happen at the end of Holy Week. But the life that Jesus lived, it really matters. It shows us how to live. Through baptism, we're invited into this family. Do you know what that gives us? It gives us identity. We're not just believers all living our own lives, doing our own thing. But we are the offspring of the very God that created all things. And because of that, we have identity and we have purpose. You know, a couple of years ago, no matter what church you were attending the first Sunday of 2020, you probably heard a very similar sermon all over the world. 2020, it's a year of clarity and a vision. And pastors preached that and were excited about it. We were excited for the turn of the decade. There were some long-awaited movies that were set to come out in 2020. 
uh, certain people were supposed to get ordained in 2020. There were weddings that were planned in 2020 that people were so excited about and they were approaching and a lot of fantastic things were coming. And boy, looking back, those sermons on the first Sunday of 2020 seem horribly timed. In all reality, we know that no one could have known what was about to happen. But come on, to think that we believed that 2020 was going to be a year of clarity, how wrong could we have been? Or were we? How many of you came out of 2020 knowing more about yourself than you did previously? How many of you came out of 2020 knowing more about your spouse or your kids than you did previously? I didn't say things you wanted to know, but when you're locked in the house, you learn things. How many came, of you came out of 2020 with more trust in God because you knew it was only God that was going to see us through this chaos? Yeah, definitely. You see, 2020 was a year that was all about identity. It really was. Had to decide who we were. Were we a mask wearer or not a mask wearer? Were we voting for this person or that person? Were we happy about the economy or did we despise the economy? Then New Year's came, right? And we thought the turn of the calendar was just going to fix it all. 2020 is behind us. Here's 2021. And then 2021 turned into a year of identity. Were we going to get the shot? Were we going to accept the results of the election? Were we going to attend large gatherings? In church, in all honesty, none of those things are about identity. Yet we live in a culture that tells us that we can know all that we need to know about a person by their answer to those few scenarios. Our identity does not lie solely in the decisions that we make. We have people in this room on each end of those topics. But yet still, here we are in one place, united, without hostility. Do you know why? It's because our, dis- our identity is not in the choices that we make. Our identity is in what family we belong to. And today, we all belong to the same family. And for that, I am so grateful. So, here's just a warning. Flipping the calendar to 2022 doesn't fix or change anything. It's all the same. But let me something else. The family into which you were baptized into, they didn't abandon you in 2020. They didn't abandon you in 2021. And the father of this family walked with you through it each and every step of the way. I have no idea what 2022 is going to bring. I can't stand before you today and say it's going to be any easier than the past two years. But I can tell you that when you're a part of this family, you're never alone. You're not by yourself. You're not the only one facing these things. And you know, you know what happened right after Jesus was baptized and God said, you are my son? He was led right into the wilderness. He was led right into exile to be tempted. 
Because you see, our baptism and our membership into this family, it's not a shield that we're given to keep the trials away. But baptism is an initiation into a family that will always be led and carried by the one from whom we all came. So today, I, I just, I want to encourage you that I have no idea what 2020 is going to bring for you. I don't know what it's going to bring for your family. I don't know what it's going to bring for this church. But I trust the Lord that brought us through 2020, through 2021, and I know that that same God will see us through 2022. Because God promises to be faithful. And as we've testified to the goodness and faithfulness of Jesus this morning, it's not going to stop. But we keep going, not alone, but united as one family. So I invite you, let's stand this morning, and let's sing that Family of God chorus one more time together. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family. If you haven't heard anything I've said, I hope that you know that you are loved, you are not alone, and that you're a part of a family that goes far beyond bloodline but that you are loved by a Savior who has invited you into his own family to share and be joint heirs with Jesus as we travel amongst the earth. So would you go today in the grace and peace of God as members of our beloved family. Go in that grace and peace today. I do.